Well, hello, hello. How are you doing? How are you doing? This is the S. Anthony Thomas. This is the S. Anthony Says Podcast, episode number 430. I am back, baby. How are you doing? I missed you, too. Now, can we just erase something very, very quickly? During my scheduled hiatus between seasons of this episode, while I was off, Slapgate happened. And I'll be honest with you. Sometimes there's a news story or something that happens in the zeitgeist and I want to comment on it or make up or tell a funny story about it or make up a sketch about it. And sometimes I want to do that and I'm going, oh, I really wish the show was in production at that time. But this is one of those times where I was glad that I was off. I watched everybody else that creates content go nuts, go bonkers, go wacky about it. I posted a couple of little things on YouTube or whatever, just basically being snarky, but I didn't produce a whole bunch of content on it because I'll be honest with you, I really don't give a crap about that stuff. Yeah, I said it. I had people actually writing me, asking me what I would have done had he come up on stage and slapped me. And I laughed because I'm pretty sure that would not have happened. One of the reasons is because the kind of humor I do on stage as a stand-up is, is a little more gentle than that. I don't, even in passing, say anything negative, even playfully, about somebody's appearance. I don't do that, so I would actually not be in the position to be slapped because of that. And also, I'll be honest with you, I'm not a big guy. You know, I'm average height, the average size. But if you were going to pick somebody to walk up and slap, I'm probably really low on the list of people that you would think it's a good idea to walk up and slap me. That would not be a good idea. I'm no tough guy by any stretch of the imagination. But there's probably something most people would go, I'm probably not going to try to slap that guy. And guess what? That would be a good idea. You see, Will Smith is from West Philadelphia where he was born and raised. On the playground was where he spent most of his days. He got in trouble and, his uncle, and he got sent to Bel-Air. Well, guess what? Me, S. Anthony Thomas, grew up in a very similar neighborhood. In fact, a neighborhood really close to where Will Smith grew up. Which means I get it. I was actually under some of the same circumstances, but I did not have an aunt and uncle in Bel-Air to go to like the fictional character. If I got in trouble with someone, which I very rarely did, basically, I would have to whip that person's ass or get my ass whooped by that person because I couldn't go anyplace. <laughs> right? It's a little different if you're like the fictional character. You have an aunt and uncle in Bel-Air Bel to go to. No, when somebody was mad at me for something, 99.9% .9 of the time, they were, I did not do the thing. And the 1% of the time where I did do the thing, it was an accident. Like, I saw some pretty girl and I flirted with, did not know she had a boyfriend. And that happened very, very, very rarely. You know, I think it happened like maybe twice. Because usually I kind of vet whoever, whatever lady I'm going to talk to and see what the deal is before I step to her. But a couple of times, if I remember correctly, I, I was talking to a girl and one guy rolled up on me. Hey, are you talking to my girl? I said, oh, bro, I'm sorry. I didn't know. I just saw a pretty girl. I, I didn't even know. I didn't. We, we weren't even here that long. I just smiled at her and said, hello. I hadn't even gotten a chance to even ask her out or anything like that. So no harm, no foul. So you ain't do nothing? No, nah, man, I didn't even ask for her number yet. Oh, okay, okay. So you know she with me, right? I do not know now. 
No disrespect, brother. I had no idea. All right, we good, we good. All right, let me step on off, man. Get out your way. Cool. That happened once. And the other time, the dude just rolled up on me and started swinging. I didn't know she had a boyfriend. And in this particular case, she had approached me. I didn't realize she was trying to make that guy jealous. Right? She almost got my behind whooped for something I didn't do because I never stepped to a lady that's involved with somebody else. I think that's disrespectful, and I would never do that. Fortunately, I uh, I whooped this dude's ass, and after I whooped his ass, he was like, man, I said, dude, I didn't know she was your girlfriend. I, I, she came to me. I, I didn't even know. Right? You could have came up to me, even if you had come up to me and and Hulk Hogan up and got all huffy and, hey man, what you doing? What you, what are you doing? I would have explained the situation. You could have had an argument with her. You just got your ass beat for no reason. Yeah, I did get my ass whooped for no reason. Yeah, well, you just be glad that they gave you the low calorie ass whooping because I could have given you the full shimageggy ass whooping and really whooped your ass. I'm really glad you did not give me the full ass whooping. No problem, all right? So I'm going to leave now, okay? You, you, you're not going to come back and whoop my ass again. No, I didn't want to whoop your ass that time. Thanks, man. All right, take care of yourself, all right? Put some on that eye, bro. Yeah, because I just put some on that eye called my fist. <laughs> uh, you could have just left without the joke. What you going to do, beat me up? It's obvious you can't. I should probably shut up because you're probably going to whoop my ass again. Yeah. <laughs> okay, the part about me, the part with the eye and stuff. Like, I mean, I did whoop that dude's ass, and I said, sorry about that. I mean to whoop your ass, but you swung on me, and I had no choice but to whoop your ass. I didn't know that was your girlfriend, and he goes, sorry about that. And I said, okay, sorry about that. And then I rolled off, but it's funnier the other way. <laughs> After all, back to me. So when it comes to, to the whole fighting thing, I just, you know, I just didn't want to talk about it because it was, to me, it's just stupid. To, you know, an old guy walking up to another old guy and hitting an old guy. It looked like, you know, the kind of thing you see outside of a stop and go in a northeast quarter. Uh, well, a stop and go. Sorry, I got it. I keep forgetting guy. I've been away for a couple little while. A stop and go on the east coast of the United States of America is essentially a store that pretends to sell food, but their main products are beers, high powered beer. And I mean, the kind of beer that you better open it carefully because if you don't, you might get blasted into space. Okay? I mean, this is that. I mean, the kind of beer when you, when you smell it, it burns your eyes. You understand what I'm saying? Like really high powered beer and cigarettes and because in certain areas um they have to sell food a certain amount of food so they can function and stay open on certain days there's always like this little tiny grill in the back where they cook the exact amount of food that they legally have to make so they can stay open on certain days of the week and it's always like really gnarly cheese sticks some nasty food that sucks but uh, <laughs> but everybody knows and they call them stop and go. So you really stop, you grab the beer, and then you go. Nobody cares about the food. You understand what I'm saying? So that's basically what that is. So they look, they look like some, oh, man, what you doing, man? What you looking at? Um, I, I, What are you talking about? Man, smack. You, know, you see that all the time outside of stop and go. Anyway, but that was just a really a dumb thing. And I'm glad I did not have an opportunity to be on the air. So I did not have to talk about the stupid crap that that was, right? Because it looked like self-destruction to me, right? A lot of people do that, right? You see that in relationships all the time. I've been in relationships where it was really a bad relationship, right? But you're so afraid of how bad it could be back out trying to find somebody else 
that you stay in the bad relationship because at least this level of badness, you've grown accustomed to it, right? You've grown accustomed to the level of toxicity in that specific relationship. You're used to the pain, right? And you're used to the pain of her saying things. She knows exactly how to hurt you, right? And I never did this on purpose, on purpose, but I've seen it where people, where the guy knows exactly what to say to crush the woman's soul, just enough to make her consider leaving him, but not enough to make her actually leave. And she knows how to say just the right thing to hurt him just enough to make him consider leaving, but not enough to actually leave because they don't want to go off and start that crap with the next person because they never know, right? Everybody turns on the news and you see these toxic relationships. In this particular toxic relationship, there is no physical violence. There probably isn't any infidelity, but the violence is emotional and spiritual and they can tolerate that. You might go to the next person and say something to that next guy and he might beat you up. Or you may say something to that next lady and she may stab you in your sleep or set you on fire or call the police and say you did something. Or he may call the police and say she did something. It may be a level of toxicity that is poisonous. It may end your life. How many times have you seen on 48 Hours or all these television programs where the husband or the wife is slowly poisoning the spouse and they're sitting there like, why is this person not dead? I've been putting arsenic and all this crap in the food. And they realize they won't, they haven't put enough poison in. It's enough poison to make them sick, but not enough poison to kill them. And sometimes from an emotional standpoint, that's what's happening. There's enough emotional poison to make you sick as a human being, to make you feel like crap, to make you feel like garbage, to lower your self-esteem, to make you feel like you're dumb, to make you feel like you are not sexy, to make you feel like you're not worthy, to make you feel like nobody but that particular human being will ever want you. And sometimes they will actually say that to you, but not enough to make you leave. Sometimes people set themselves up for failure, right? You get into a relationship, you don't want to be with somebody else. So maybe you let yourself go a little bit, right? I already got this person. This person's going to treat me like crap, but they're not going to leave me. Occasionally, we'll actually have some sex. We'll actually be smiling. I'll jump on top of her for a half an hour. We'll make animal sounds. We'll look at each other. And it'll be just like it was back when we actually liked each other. I'll be looking at her and watching her eyes roll to the back of her head. She starts making those sounds. She starts telling me that she loves me. She starts to, she's kind of, I kind of melt into her and she melts into me. And then maybe she jumps on top of me and gives me that good business as I was giving her that good deep business. She gives me that good, she takes me to milk town. She's looking down at me. My eyes roll to the back of my head. She says, dip, 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 in my ear. And I say, hurry, dip, 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 hurry. And we both go, it doesn't <laughs> And about a half an hour, 45 minutes later, an hour later, we're both like, and it's over with. And we're like, man, that felt great. That was awesome. Yeah. And you got about 30 minutes. And then you were the greatest. And then you climb off the top and get out of the bed. You put your clothes back on. And all of a sudden, the lovely dovey, all of the positive chemicals and all of the lovely dovey stuff. And you just tearing each other up wears off and all of a sudden you're looking at each other like I can't stand you when you got your clothes on. If I'm not in you, I don't like you. And she's looking at you like, if you ain't in me, I don't like you. 
you make me sick. But you just did that, and it felt great in that. And as you know, that was fun enough to make you not want to throw each other out of the house for about three months, because you only do it once every three months. You do it just enough to not completely hate each other. You're setting yourself up for failure, right? You poisoned each other so much, you can't even fit with another person. You poison each other so much, you can't fit with another. You can't be in a relationship with somebody healthy. A healthy person would be able to detect the poison that you are in about 30 seconds. You know how many times I've actually gone on date now that I'm a healthy human being, health, emotionally healthy human being, and I'll go out with somebody and I... Now, they always, do you see any red flags this afternoon? Do I see any red flags? The person is a red flag. I'm looking for some humanity. I'm, you look at a person and want to see red flags. I look at a red flag and I want to see, you got a pinky? I can see is there anything that's a human being in you because you ain't nothing but a big ass red flag. <sighs> Ran out of air with that sentence. But you know what I'm talking about. How many times have we set ourselves up for failure in every aspect of our life? We've been in relationships, we set ourselves up for failure by being so toxic we're not able to have a relationship, a healthy relationship with someone healthy. Right? Have you ever been with somebody and everything is just going fantastic? You're having a night out, you're hanging out with his or her friends. And it's great. You even like this person's friend. Wow. The friends have accepted you into the group. Right? Because they're all on their best behavior. You're going, she is dysfunctional as heck. Why are these nice people around her? And then as you start to get emotionally attached to her, you start to have a physical relationship you're jumping on top of her, giving her the good deep business. She's jumping on top of you, taking you to Milk City, and y'all tearing each other up. And then all of a sudden, she starts acting the way she acts, and you start acting the way you act. You realize you're both a couple of weirdos who can't be with other people. And then a friend gets comfortable, and you realize there's a bunch of weirdos as well. You're all this big gumbo of sickness. That's too poisonous for a normal person to even take a spoonful of your nasty asses. I've been there. I've seen it. I've been in it. Now, my toxicity was not being mean or cheating or hitting anyone. No, my toxicity was displaying unlimited, almost unmatched potential, yet still being a huge loser. Now, if I was a straight-up loser from the beginning, it would be really, really easy. A lady would go, ha, this guy, <laughs> loser, and just drop my ass. And it would have been better if I was a loser. But I would be dating women, and they would see me go into any particular area I chose to and excel, be right at the top of everything that I did, not realizing that I still had loser tendencies because I wasn't healthy yet. You start to sabotage yourself. You go to a sales job, you start ripping the game, you have a person that's the top salesperson, and you start gaining on them. You're number 10, number nine, number seven, number six, number three, number two. You're almost at number one, and there's something inside you that, that just goes, oh, 
you were about to be successful. <laughs> Can't have that. Pull out the Jenga block. Crash. Right? You're dealing with her and you. she's so nice to everybody else. But the second you get behind closed doors, hi, everybody, sweetness, light, wonderfulness, intelligent conversation, engaging personalities, door closes, die, bastard. And that's what you got to deal with. Right? So when I saw the smack, I realized that you were seeing something that was a little bit on the self-destructive side because you don't jump up in the middle of an Oscars hosted by, produced by a friend, surrounded by your heroes, a guy on stage that you that worked with you on your television program and was in a movie with your wife. He tells a joke that Let's be honest, the joke was weak. It was kind of a weak joke, wasn't it? I mean, he's one of the greatest comics ever. That joke was kind of a throwaway. But there was just such a bunch of things going on around there that led up to something that was just so dumb and self-destructive and stupid and embarrassing. Everybody was setting themselves up for failure, right? Everybody was. So just remember, my friends, that you probably do the same thing, too. You look around and you see that everything is going good and you get a little complacent, right? You think it's just going to keep going, not realizing that when things are going good, that's when you really got to grab your hands tightly around the steering wheel, position your foot on the, on, the, on the gas, be prepared to hit the brakes when you need to. I love speaking in metaphors and do all of that and be prepared. People think when you become successful and you become happy that it just keeps going by itself. And thinking that it's going to keep going by itself and that you don't have any control over, that the momentum is just going to take over and you're not going to have to do anything. Oh, no, you're setting yourself up for failure. You're in a good relationship with a good woman and you stop giving her roses. You stop telling her she's beautiful. You stop being as nice as you used to be. You stop opening doors. You stop pulling out the chair. You stop ignoring other women and flirting with other women. You stop doing that. You start looking at the waitress's ass a little too long, right? You smile a little bit too much at other women, right? She's fine. She knows I'm not doing anything, but she doesn't need to see that crap, right? You stop telling him he's the greatest guy in the world. You stop treating him good. You stop getting on with him. You stop being nice to him, right? You stop. You start looking at other dudes in front of him. You start flirting with other dudes. All these little nasty things that you think are not going to be that big a deal because it's it's a relationship's going great. Then you break up. You were setting yourself up for failure. You get in shape, and I've been in this situation too. You get in shape. I remember looking in the mirror and seeing a guy that was built like Bruce Lee, like a chocolate Bruce Lee. I did big, but well, now that I'm in great shape and the best shape of my life, I guess I can go back to drinking, drinking lard and eating, uh, eating lard sandwiches and, and, and drinking uh, high calorie water and, and laying on my ass. <laughs> oh, damn, I'm fat now. <laughs> Setting ourselves up for failure. You got to realize, my friend, we can't do that. You know, let's just all decide, look, when it's going good, we're going to do whatever it takes to keep it going good. When we're doing things that make us happy, we're going to keep to doing the things that are making us happy. We have to do that. It's important. You'd be surprised how important that actually is. 
I've already made that pledge with myself. And I love you enough to let you know that you need to do that yourself too. There are things that make you happy when you get into the process of doing those things. Find out what it takes to maintain those things and keep doing those things. You have to keep your eye on your happiness. Because the second you take your eye off, you start the process of setting yourself up for failure. And there's nothing worse than being extremely happy, messing it up and realizing that you are the reason that you messed it up. So don't do that, you bastards. But there is something that you can do. And that's to continue to listen to this podcast, damn it, because I'm back, baby. Okay, if you haven't subscribed to this podcast, please do. I'll be here on a regular basis. My friends, subscribe to this podcast. Tell a friend about this podcast. Uh, you know, uh, spread the word. If, you, if you're listening to this on a podcast where you can rate and review, please give five stars and a glowing review to this podcast or I'll have to beat you down on an Oscar stage. <laughs> F y'all. <laughs> I'm back, baby. And I will see you again next time. Much love to all of you. Spread the word, you bastards. See you next time. Much love to you all. Take care.